Hello again, Pastor Deborah here. This is another class of the King's International Spiritual Care University. We are in the section called Ancient History. I think it's the third big section of the basic courses. Remember, you, there is no registration with me. Your heart is the only thing that will register in the books up in heaven, in the kingdom's libraries. There is an angel waiting to take your name down because your heart has become seeking, desiring to know more. I will not give you any test, for this information is not mine. The test will come out in the world with people. And you will either have learned to help people the Lord's way, or you will fail. And I can tell you, sometimes you will pass easily, and your faith will take a great big leap and grow. It will have a growth spurt. Or you will fail. And when you do fail, don't feel bad. Go back, watch the videos, read the scriptures, study the books again, and you will retake the test. Because each time that you take a class, I'm transferring information to you about the journey that I, Pastor Deborah, went on. From mental health and helping people the world, the way of the world, to helping people the Lord's way. It's a very simple sounding direction, but it's very complicated. And it will take everything you have, and even some more, to help people the Lord's way. This class is entitled, Basic Ancient Work. What does that mean? Well. In my early journeys, desiring with everything I had to help people, because I could see in the world all the problems as everybody else does. And I had prayed and asked God, what is going on? The churches are doing so much. They're having church services. They have food pantries. They give out food and clothing to the homeless and the poor. They have special times that they give gifts to the children, but nothing seemed to be changing. I couldn't figure it out if the church of Christ Jesus was carrying a mighty powerful gift and they were teaching it, <clears throat> streaming it live on television giving out of their hearts, sharing with their neighbors. Surely the neighbors and the people within the church would change. We would see changes in lives, in families, on the streets, in the communities. But I couldn't see that. Right outside of the church I was attending during this time, there was a Lots of prostitutes walking the streets, gangs, pimps. And I'm going, what's going on? And people would come to the church and ask for help, and the church would give it. They gave money, and they gave food, they gave clothing, they gave gas tickets for cars. They invited everybody to come to church, to the revival I was in. But it didn't seem, I didn't see the changes. So I kept pressing in prayer, what is wrong? What is wrong? What is wrong? And until you can get to that point that you feel like everything you have done and the way you're doing it, it's not working. You can't learn. Your heart won't be open to hearing God to seeing what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong, you won't be opened. This story 
about ancient work began very, very early. And everybody's going to go through this one. And it's called Do My Work. As you know, uh, I began in a church that was having a revival. I would go up for prayer, and this ancient power would touch me. And I would fall down on the floor. Some people called it slain in the spirit. I don't know what it was. I was never hurt. It was the most peaceful, loving time. I could hear everything with my ears. My eyelids could not open. I could not move my arms. My physical body was pretty much silent. And during these times, I could hear very clearly the voice of God. I could see into that world. Well, this night, very early on, as my purpose and what I was called to do, what I'd sort of been seeking, became a little more clearer. And here's the story. Laying on the floor, I hear his voice. And it says, do my work. Well, that was easy. I knew what his work was. I was to be a pastor. I was to be a shepherd. I was to be a minister. But my question back to him was this. Okay, I know. Boy, was that arrogant. I know what your work is. And I believed it was preach the word, teach the word, evangelize, go, okay? Something like that. The model I had before me was in a church. Okay? So I kind of, I believed. I knew what the work was. My question back to him was, but where do you want me to do this work? I was more interested in where. Do I go into the jails? Do I go into the prisons? Do I do your work from inside the church? Become a pastor? Uh, get my own church? Become an evangelist? Go out on the streets? Uh, did I have, did I do it in my home? Where? I kept asking him. Do you want me to do this work that I knew all about and what I was supposed to do? Then I heard this again. Do my work. And I was starting to get exasperated. Like, sir, I know what your work is. I see it here in front of me in this model. How you help people. You get up in front of people in a church service and you preach or you teach or you do some of this stuff they called healing or deliverance. I knew what it was. I thought. What my question was, where did he want me to do it? Because I already knew. What it was I was to do, I just needed direction on where to do it. <clears throat> so once again, I answered this voice back and that kind of, and the voice said, do my work. And by this time, I'm exasperated. I'm telling this voice, which was God, I already knew what the work was. Hey, I'd been in church. I've heard what the pastor said, the preachers have said. I've seen it on TV. I knew what the work was. My question was, where? Do you want me to leave home and be a missionary evangelist? Do you want me to go to another country? Do you want me to just go out to the beach out on the street? Do you want me to do it inside the four walls of the church? Where, sir? Where? Well, I wasn't getting anywhere. 
Now remember, you wouldn't hear my mouth speaking because my physical body was constrained. This was all my spirit talking to this voice. Can't see the thing. I can hear it very clearly. And I'm arguing with it. I knew it was God. In the Holy Spirit. It was talking to me. So my spirit and the Holy Spirit were having an argument. Go figure. I think I, I thought I knew everything. But when I got up, how the Holy Spirit always led me and still does is to take me to the Word of God. Because I'm only going to believe what I see and read in there. And then I have to have it interpreted to me. Because even though I read the black letters on, in this book, there's always a deeper unseen spiritual meaning behind the words. All the words can tell me of the history of ancient civilizations, and that's been confirmed in archaeology. It can tell me the journey of the Jews and that particular family. It can tell me the history of ancient cities. It can tell me sometimes wild stories of all kinds of healings and deliverance that we don't really see today. And a lot of this has been confirmed through archaeology and history and other people's writings, so I knew that was there. But there was always something deeper, a deep spiritual meaning. I knew that because I had been reading this Bible since I was four. And I guess I just wasn't getting it. I couldn't see under that ink on the page. There was some other meaning in there. I don't know. Because I'm sitting here arguing. But the faithful and loving teacher that I was put under to learn spiritual ways of helping people, he was very kind to me that night. I was argumentative, prideful, thought I knew it all, thought I knew what I was to do, how to do it. I just was trying to find out where. I thought I knew it because that's what most of us do. We assume we know what they want us to do, how to do it, where to do it, when to do it, and the way to do it. And then if we go into any kind of schooling, Bible school, four-year degree, they tell us how we're going to do it. And sometimes it's different. But that's not what I learned. And you too will have to learn this because this is very basic. If you're going to help people, this ancient work that you are to do, you must learn about it, you must work it, and do it. And I'm going to pick up a piece of paper now so I can read it to you. So my spiritual teacher takes me to the Word of God. And here is where we went to. John 6, 29. Now remember, I am asking him, where do you want me to do this work of yours? That I already know what it is. Just tell me where. So off to the word I went. Looking for an understanding, an explanation of what do my work meant. Because I guess I didn't know. Now that's a hard place to be in. Even if you are an ordained pastor with a denomination, or you're just getting started, or you're not even started, or whatever. We assume we already know, or we allow man to tell us how we're to do it, what we're to do, and where we are to do it. But I was so different. I had to go. I didn't trust anybody. Seen all the divisions and denominations. I wanted to know the truth. I had become a truth seeker. 
and my heart would not be satisfied with anything except the explanation out of the Word of God taught to me directly by the Holy Spirit, my teacher. So John 6.29, where I was taken. And it says, this, uh-oh, getting in trouble now, is the work of God that you believe on him who he has sent. What? Now, I've been saved since I was four. Didn't I believe on this Jesus guy? Something's not right here. I'm being told the work that I am to do. Not be an evangelist or a pastor or a minister or a chaplain. But the work this Holy Spirit was telling me to do was to believe on his son. Now I am more confused. Because I had believed on him since I was four. Something is not right here. Now remember when you're helping somebody to discover things. You don't give them the answers right away. You help their spirit to think, to go to the Word. You ask them questions. You make them dig for the answers. Alright? I go, huh? What are you talking about? I've been a believer since I was four. Something's not computing here. I don't have this understanding. I don't know what he means. <clears throat> so, I have to ask for more scriptures. Because now it's just getting started that I'm confused. Now remember, I am trying to learn how to help people the Lord's way. And I'm back with doing his work. Just believe on him. But I've been saved. And I was probably late 30s, in my 30s. So for 30 years almost, I've been believing. Something's not right. <clears throat> so, what do you think he did? That's right. We are going to another scripture. Because when you are being taught by the Holy Spirit, deep inside your spirit, He's going to use the written word. He's going to take you to different scriptures. You'll be in prayer, be like in a classroom, and the teacher will tell you, turn to so-and-so, so-and-so. And that's usually how he does me. I put myself under him and him alone, not under a man. I would listen to them, but I would always go, is that right what he's saying or she's saying? Does that line up with your word? Is that the deep, real meaning, what they're preaching? I didn't trust anybody because I had already learned that most people lie to you. Your parents lie about Santa Claus, the tooth fairy, and the Easter Bunny. A lot of pastors are in error. If they're in denominations, they are in divisions. And if they're in divisions, then Paul says, you are a baby Christian. You are still carnal in nature. Your flesh is still ruling you as if you were not saved. So I, I knew that because I had gotten that revelation. So I would always go, is that pastor correct? Is that what those scriptures mean, how he's explaining it? Because you could read it and then give me an explanation of it and it'd be a denominational explanation. <clears throat> it could be that they're looking at you out in the pew as just children. You didn't go to Bible school. And therefore you were really uneducated and they couldn't go deep with you. They just kind of give you little rules to live your earthly life by. <clears throat> That is sometimes their philosophy. 
because they went to Bible school. They have a degree in this. The Catholics were that way years and years ago when they first started going. The Bible and everything was read in Latin. And the average person was considered a child. They hadn't gone to school. They didn't read Latin. Uh, they didn't speak Latin. They weren't educated, did not read and write, didn't speak Greek or Hebrew, hadn't gone to school. So therefore, they're just children. And they are easily will misinterpret what it's saying. So we will read it, and then we will interpret it for them and tell them what we think they are able to handle. Now, when Protestantism came in, it meant protesters. As everybody knows, it came through Martin Luther. And he was upset with the Catholics because they were selling salvation, forgiveness, getting out of purgatory through something called indulgences. The church needed money. Does that sound familiar? So they were selling these pieces of paper to help you get out of what they call purgatory, which your time after you died of being punished before you could go to heaven and your uh, ancestors and relatives, you could buy their way out. And they got money and you had peace. But this upset Martin Luther, who was a Catholic priest, and he, excuse me, I had to turn off the heater because you can hear it running, so I'm back now. So Martin Luther was angry at the interpretations and how these leaders of this Christ, these Christians, were teaching, leading, and explaining this deep word to the masses. Made him so mad he was going to have a debate, and then we had the Protestant Reformation, and we had all this fight, and the Catholics split. Now we have Catholics and Protestants. And I'm sure in Islam and Buddhists and they all got sex and different things and divisions. So in this journey, because I knew about the different denominations and had been in many, many different churches and heard many different explanations and teachings on the word for many years. And I had studied their premise of Holy Communion baptizing, whether sprinkling babies, confirmation, full immersion, uh, about the Holy Communion, whether the blood and the wine actually became the real body. Was it changed or did you take it by faith? I had to study all of that and I did that very early and I discovered we have a lot of different opinions and beliefs about some of the very basic stuff. So. Because of that, I was always hesitant and not trusting of the pastor. So my philosophy was, I would go to the Holy Spirit in prayer, to the Father, and say, what is going on? Is this the truth according to the kingdom of heaven? Is this what the word means? So here I am. Do my work. And I read that I, my work that I was to do. Remember, I'm trying to get somewhere to help people fulfill my purpose. As I had to believe on Jesus Christ as the Son of God, I go, but I've been doing that since I was four. Something was wrong. I'm missing it. Off to the Word we went. And I'm going to read some of the Scripture to you so you can go look it up. So guess where I went? The book of John. John 14, 21. Truly, truly I say, Christ Jesus speaking, unto you, Deborah. But I wasn't Deborah at the time I was Jan. But I speak to you all who are listening. That's me and you, of course. He... That means us, who believes on me. Jesus Christ, the spiritual works that I spiritually do, shall he, 
Pastor Deborah, you, if you believe, shall spiritually do also. And greater spiritual works than these shall he, me, thank you, spiritually do. Why? How? Because I go unto my Father. Well, that didn't help. I spiritually believed on Jesus Christ, didn't I? He's telling me if I have this belief on Jesus Christ, that's the work I was to do. I would do some spiritual works that he did. And I would even do greater works. Oh dear. Now what? I learned I had to believe without doubt, without wavering, without being offended against everything standing against me. I had to have a deep spiritual belief. That was the work I was to do. In this Jesus Christ as the Word, the Son of God. Because it was going to have to hold when scissors were coming down to kill me. People were going to come by on a bicycle and shoot me. When I was being poisoned to kill me. When family members would attack me. When the church would attack me. The church people. When I'd be kicked out of man's denominations. When I would be in a room with somebody who had lots of spiritual things. And they were in reach of strangling me. They had machetes and knives. And I had to have this work of belief solidly in me so that I could do the work as Jesus Christ did. What kind of work did he spiritually do? Off to the Bible, I have to go. And I had to read all the works of this powerful God and this Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. I had to believe I could ask and work with God and do like Moses did with ten plagues and that with Joshua and walls could come crashing down. I had to believe in protection. I had to believe that I carried within me a power that was more powerful than anything. Now I thought I did, but I really didn't. I just believed in this baby Jesus that was in the manger. I believed in this young man who was sweet and kind, went to a cross and loved me. I was there, but I wasn't doing the work that God was requiring me of believing in this man who really was a spiritual being, I had to have a deeper belief. I had to know more about him. I had to know him as a resurrected spiritual being. But I had to study his work. What were the things he did? These spiritual works. What were they? I had to read the Bible. I had to go into all the battles and read. Was that a spiritual work? I had to study the prophets when they spoke to people. Was that a spiritual work? I had to look at what healing, casting out devils. Was that a spiritual work? Telling stories and parables. Was that a spiritual work? I had begun on a journey that I thought I knew all about. And I just wanted direction to go where I was supposed to go. Go to the jails and preach the word. And 
I'd be helping people the Lord's way. Oh, how wrong I was. Then I found out that in order to believe at this level and to know and learn about these spiritual works that this spiritual being, Christ did, I was going to have to have a different relationship with him, the Holy Spirit, and the Father. I had discovered, even though I had, we'll call it a baby belief, superficial, just sort of standing in the doorway, I had not stepped into the room. I had not gone into the deepness of this belief. Didn't really understand who this Christ Jesus was. Didn't really know that there was a difference in spiritual work versus physical work. But what did help me was there was a story I was a part of. There was a man that lived oh, a few blocks away from the church. And God told him, you, you fix up these houses, sort of make a hotel, and let the people come there and stay. You take care of them physically. So they can go to this revival, and I will take care of them spiritually there. So I saw two kinds of work. A physical work for the physical body in a hotel, sort of. And going into church, dealing with sin, preaching and teaching the Word of God, laying hands on people so the power of God can touch them was a spiritual work. Things were getting a little better, a little clearer for me. There was a work that attended to the physical body, giving out physical food. Then I learned deeper on that that was making the soul happy because it had some food. Then there was this deeper level, this teaching, this preaching, laying hands on the sick, casting out of devils, where the presence and this power and this glory of God changed people's lives. So I knew I was going to have to go, <clears throat> excuse me, into a deeper belief relationship with this God, with His Holy Spirit, with the Word of God, if I was going to help people the Lord's way, I was going to have to be as Christ Jesus was. For He says, I and my Father are one. He is here. He is working through me. We are one in spirit, purpose. There's no difference. There you go. Okay. I'm going to have to go deeper. So, I started studying more. And I learned about this relationship. I'd read over and over and over again. I would see Christ Jesus working. He says, hey, I'm just doing what I see my Father doing. He's talking to me. He's telling me. He's showing me in prayer what he wants to do. And then sometimes, if you'll read the Bible, you'll see Jesus' spirit sort of step back, and the Father himself will come forward and say, children, daughter. And he will talk through the Christ directly to the people. I had to read all the four Gospels. I had to go back and forth, Old Testament, New Testament. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm searching. And I realized... I was not one yet in this deep spiritual relationship that I could do the work of God, believe in who he really was. Wasn't there yet. And I also knew that I didn't have an understanding of all this spiritual work that I was to do. But I wanted to help people. I sort of knew that's what I was supposed to do and preach this word. Well, what kind of word? What was the theme? What was the good news I was to be teaching? Cross? Get the sin out? Was that it? Come down here and get the sin? Was that the good news? 
At that time, I did not know about the kingdom, but I would learn. So in this story, I had to, I figured out, I had to become one spiritually, fully immersed, fully one by my own uh, willingness and decision to be one. In a way, it's sort of like if you choose to get married and have intimate relationships. Most of the time, not all the time, you give your permission and to become one. And what comes out of it is a child, a mixture <clears throat> of the two people. So I knew I did not have this relationship. I had what you would call a superficial belief, a baby belief, a child's belief, but it really didn't have a lot of knowledge with it. It didn't have depth and deep spiritual understanding, but it was at least the start. And I felt so bad because I had to repent for my arrogance and my pride because I thought and I believed that I knew what the work of the Lord was. And I found out I was totally wrong. How many of you can go there, repent and say, please forgive me for I thought I knew what I meant, what it meant and realize you had no spiritual understanding. Your relationship with God was superficial. It was at a child's level. It was strictly denominational. You went to Bible college or you didn't. And that was it. So, I proceeded. I said, yes, Lord, I see that I ain't got it. And I, want, I need to be one with you. And so that I can do the work that my belief that I have <clears throat> would grow into an adult belief. And that I could do the spiritual work that you were desiring to do on earth through me. Both do it yourself, as you did with my role model, the only one I'm to look at, and how to do things and the relation was Christ Jesus. I was not to look at Paul or any other person who wrote in the book. I could read them. But they were not the image that I, and likeness I was to grow up into spiritually. Christ Jesus, when he got in the ministry, the Father released him. He was the goal. He was the model. His relationship with his Father how he interacted with people, how he taught, storytelling, telling fable, sitting outside, traveling, traveling, doing deliverance, healing people, having a small group of people that he talked to, constantly praying to the Father. He knew the scriptures. He'd studied the Old Testament. He was the Word. He was the role model. Him and him alone. I was not to follow a pastor. I, I could learn from a pastor, but I had to discern very quickly. Was he still a child in his knowledge? Was he just telling me denominational beliefs? What, where was he? So what, since I didn't trust them, I put myself completely under the Holy Spirit. Now I went to church. I listened to the pastors and here's what is he telling me the truth, God? Is that what your word means? I would have to sit quietly and ask God those questions. Sometimes I go, ain't me he's talking about me. Because I was getting denominational explanations. I was look, listening to children. Maybe if they had a prophetic Bent, or they had a healing bent or an evangelism bent everything got skewed through those lenses and I'm sitting here trying to grow up it'd be like if you went to eat a plate and all you got was candy or desserts 
or you went and all you got were vegetables or all you got was a piece of protein or they put you on a diet of just water. I wasn't getting balanced stuff and it wasn't from the Holy Spirit. So a lot of times I was questioning what was being taught, preached. Sometimes I wouldn't stand up when they'd say, everybody stand up and let's pray, because I knew it wasn't right. I wouldn't say the prayers they would say, I would change them. I didn't even sing the songs about bless me. I knew I was blessed, I was a believer, I was on my way to heaven. I didn't need anything else. But I knew there were people who were not believing yet and they were going to go to hell when they die. And I didn't want that. So I started my songs in praise and worship, started to become prayers for God to help these other people, whoever they were. And I went and looked up the word praise Worship, we used to have two fast songs and two slow songs. And I'd say, is that what worship is? Two slow songs. Is that what it's about? They didn't have a lot of music in the Bible. They had some. So I went to a dictionary and looked up the word worship. It means to bow before a sovereign Lord, to acknowledge their greatness their power, their authority, to lay prostrate before them. That is what worship meant. It didn't mean to slow songs. So what I started doing in a dress, in church, in any church, as soon as the two prayed songs were finished, I got on my knees, raised my hands, and I looked up to this mighty God. Sometimes I laid flat on my face, arms spread out as in a throne room. I was worshiping this God who deserved my physical body. I was telling my physical body as my heart has bowed before this God and this sovereign King. You physical body will do the same. I had to overcome pride. Ugh, I'm in a dress. As you get older, it's harder to get up off the floor. I cried. I'm on my knees both physically and spiritually. I looked weird because I was probably the only one in every church service, every denomination that did this. Now, I always asked the pastor's permission because I had to step out into the aisle. I'm in churches where they don't even raise their hands. They don't dance. They really don't sing. And I'm on my knees in the aisle or on my face in a dress. But I always asked permission to do that. I was willing to do with this physical body now, it wasn't easy getting up, let me tell you, because as you get older, it's harder. But I bowed and worshiped, because I had learned it's not standing there with your hands like this. This is not biblical, believe it or not. You'll never see Jesus in any movie, in any of the scriptures, putting his hands together like this. He's always looking up, hands are raised. Or those times he went off and by himself, we don't know what he did behind the rocks early in the morning. Not even sure he was on planet Earth. So here I am. Don't trust the pastors. Trying to figure out to do his work. Realize I am not doing it. Hard lessons to learn. When I want to help people. So he going to take you back. You're going to go back to your very basic stuff and you're going to learn the only way you can do spiritual work that he did that when he spoke the power of God was in it and lives are changed or you can without even saying the word you can think a demon out of somebody to do these spiritual work and miracles 
to draw crowds. I had to first do the work of the Lord. I had to believe at a deeper level in a deeper relationship. How did I get there? <clears throat> All right, first I had to learn that what I thought I had wasn't it. What I thought I knew wasn't it. That I ha did not have it. I hadn't stepped inside the door. Didn't know this God. Didn't know his spiritual work. Didn't really look at this relationship between this Christ Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the Father. Had no idea how that all intertwined together. But I was beginning. She was beginning to do his work. So I realized, huh, this Jesus and this Father, he said they are one. I and my Father are one. He's in me and I'm in him. Okay, what does that mean? I don't know. I just knew I didn't have this relationship. Okay. He might be in me, which I believed he was, but I may not be in him. What does that mean? That meant I wasn't fully immersed, completely disappeared in his thoughts, his concepts, his ways, his ideas, that all of his heart had be I had to learn that his eyes had to become my eyes. His ears had to become my ears. I had to be able to hear what he heard in the spiritual darkness. I had to see people with his eyes, not mine, not the denominations, and not flesh. I had to be able to speak his words with his spirit I had to know everything. His heart. I had to be feeling his heart for humanity. I had to feel his emotions. I had to become as him. So close to him that every day I could get up and I could feel if he was hurt. If his children had dis disowned him, had turned from him and worshipped money, power on the other guy, and he was hurting after the cross and all he did. Some days I learned he needed just to have a friend to sit with him because his children were hurting him. They were disappointing him, turning from him. And he couldn't use them couldn't trust them to go and save the really bad ones. They couldn't hold under the pressure. Some days he was angry because his people were turning back to, to the old ways. His church had become powerless. People that need to be healed were not getting healed. People that needed to have demonic spirits cast out to heal them were not getting cast out. Sickness was running. People were not coming to his churches to hear this beautiful word that he spoke. The pastors had become too complacent. They wanted to fit into society. They didn't want any trouble. So some days I would stay home with him. He was hurting. I could feel his emotions because I had become in him. I was sensitive to his emotions, his feelings. We could sit down and have counsel together about how to solve a problem. I knew that was where I had to go. I had to be able to hear his voice clear. I didn't know how to get there. But I saw this was all a part of doing his work, having this belief so I could do the spiritual work. So one night, I'm off up in Canada on a family vacation. And I hear, I'm laying next to my husband. I hear this voice say, I want to be one with you. I go, uh-uh, no way, Jose, buddy. There are too many of them things out there. I don't know who you are. Now there was a test. 
in John again, First John 1, 4, I believe, that says, do not believe every spirit. Try and test the spirits. Because many spirits of Antichrist, that means again, had gone out into the world. So I knew that one. So I said to this voice, what Lord <coughs> do you serve? Oh, I serve the Lord. I said, that ain't good enough. What God do you serve? Oh, the God of the earth, that ain't good enough. That was an answer I was looking for. And the, the first John 1, 4 says, if any spirit, that means human, demonic, angel, God, the Holy Spirit, if they cannot say this, I serve the Lord God Most High, who sent his Son in the form of flesh to the earth, who walked on the earth for 33 years, who went to a cross to pay a price, who died in spirit, soul, and body, was buried in a tomb, and rose up on the third day, resurrected, and now sits on the right hand of the God of all creation, the Heavenly Father, the King of the Kingdom of Heaven. He sits on His right hand in the glorified state. That's who I serve. If that spirit, that voice, could not pass that test, I was not to talk to it. So once again, I asked this spirit, what God and Lord do you serve? He gave me the right answer. So I said, okay. Something in me knew that this had to happen because I'm trying to become one with the Father and the Holy Spirit. So I said, okay, come on in. And I felt the Spirit come in. The problem was he was already there. It was the Holy Spirit inside of me saying, look, I want to open myself up to you. I want to fully immerse myself in you and you in me. I want no separation. I want to be completely one with you. I in you and you in me. No division. No separation. We are where we become one plus one equals one. Not one plus one equals two. Not you and I, but us. Together. Because that was the pattern of Jesus Christ and his Father. So I knew that. So I came in, but he really was already in. He just exploded out and fully immersed my spirit in him. We were now one. I had now gone from not knowing the work of the Lord to a full, deep believing and becoming one with the Holy Spirit so that I could then do the spiritual work, which I didn't know what all was yet, of Christ Jesus. And I could do even greater spiritual work my belief had to jump did I notice anything different for a while I don't know I knew I was getting somewhere and now the father and I one I could feel him I could sense his moods I don't know if I could be trusted yet but I it was this, it's, I could hear him thinking. I knew his deep, deep purposes. I could hear his cries. He would allow me to um, look through his eyes, hear what he hears through this gift called discerning of spirits, which comes from the Holy Spirit. I had to see that world in the spirit that he saw. I had to be able to hear the voices of all the spirits. I had to be able to hear animals talking to me. 
There's a story about pine cones. That's in another video. I had to be able to hear demonics, angels, the Holy Spirit, myself, others. I had to be in multiple conversations at one time. I would be on the phone with somebody. I'd had a physical body there, and we would be having a group discussion with spirits, coming and going, in and out. And then I had to be able to sense the demonics over here. And I'm having to work with the spiritual creations called multiple personalities, all at the same time. I had to develop these skills and abilities that God had, that Christ Jesus had. If you started studying him, he could perceive people's thoughts. This was some of the greater spiritual work I was to do. But I first had to have this oneness. I had to do the ancient work. I had to believe and be fully immersed. And I had to become one to get to the doing the work. So in this video, I had to learn. And I had to grow and I had to pass tests. So this discerning of spirits gifts came with doing the ancient work. When I got, I knew nothing about that. I would have gone to the jails and boy, I would have been dead. Nothing I said, I wouldn't have heard the voice. I've had to be in three-way conversations here in the Holy Spirit, up here, hearing him in me, talking to a person, having demons all around me, and get the job done. Multitasking spiritually. These were some of the greater spiritual works I was to do. I had to go back and read Jesus all the time. Look at how he dealt with people. He would be sitting there talking there. Sometimes he'd say, people would say, heal my servant. He'd say, go, it's done. Nothing was said. He didn't go. That was a greater spiritual work. I had to learn how to talk to demonic spirits like he did the man in the tombs. I had to learn how to move in the gifts of the spirit. The words of knowledge, like the woman at the well. I had to be able to talk to religious leaders. I had to be able to talk to children. I had to be able to talk to prostitutes, Mary Magdalene. I had to be able to talk to people who really couldn't read and write. I had to have groups of people, people around me, and the only escape you could get is go off by yourself early in the morning or in the middle of the night and just be with God. So the ancient work, this deep, deep level of believing, this oneness into the very heart and presence where you can feel him and his emotions. You can see through his eyes. You can feel with his heart. You can hear with his ears. He can then trust you because you are so intimate with him. He is allowing you to use his powers of spiritual sight and hearing. And he's trusting you with broken people, hurt captives, because he wants to set them free. And you had to pick up an attitude that it wasn't you, it wasn't a denomination. It wasn't anything. It was his work. You were a team. He was leading. You were following. Sometimes he would come forward and talk, and you would step back. Sometimes he would tell you what to do, and he would assist you. And uh, it was a partnership you would listen to Jesus. You would read the stories over and over. Go slow. I had to see that when he stepped forward out of Jesus would be when somebody say, tell us about the Father, the Father. Or Jesus would say, children. That was the Father talking through him. Because Jesus told us the Father was in him. And the Father was here. And the Father was doing his own work through him. So there was a partnership through this oneness.
that's doing his work. So I had to just get at that basic level with God, that we were partners. Sometimes he wanted to talk, and he wanted to lay hands on people, and he wanted to personally speak to the human spirit. Then sometimes he let me do it. And it's sort of like if you look at Jesus and the disciples, Jesus would go in front of them. He would model the behaviors, the deliverance, the teaching. Then he would send them out by themselves, two by two. Well, I didn't have two by two. I had me and the Holy Spirit. And they were to go practice it. Then they would come back and there would be a meeting. And then he would model something else and they would watch and listen. And then they would go do it. So there's a constant teacher doing, showing, you practicing. Back and forth, all the time. All the time. A oneness, intimacy, talking, exploring. I've had him come to me and say, look, I got a problem. And I'll tell you the story, it's over in New Orleans. And there's a lot of Catholic over there, which it got started. And he said, there are tunnels, spiritual tunnels from Rome, the Vatican, that travel spiritually and come up over New Orleans. And the spirits of Catholicism and even voodoo are traveling these spiritual tunnels. And one tunnel goes on down into over to Africa. And they're popping up, these demonic spirits, they're freely flowing, okay, through the tunnels, back and forth. He said, what do you think I should do to stop this? And I said, well, sir, in your Bible, when uh, there was a well and one group of people didn't want the other group of people to get the water out of the well, they would throw stones and rocks and they would cover up the entrance to the well to block the other people. I, th I said, I think that's a good idea. We could put some spiritual stones at both ends, one in New Orleans, one in Africa, wherever the central place was, or the different uh, entry levels, like going into a, a tunnel to go, okay, to get underneath the water, and over in the Vatican area. And then the va those that were over in the Vatican, over there in Africa, could not come up into New Orleans, and they couldn't go back and forth. I said, that's good. So he wants to take counsel with you. He wants to be partners with you, like he was with Joshua. Go back and study the Old Testament and see this partnership with Moses, trying to help people, set them free, take down cities, Jericho, do other things. It's a partnership. Now, at the time in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was not inside of people except for a little while. He'd come on them and then have to leave. But you see a pattern of partnership, working together, human and spiritual, spiritual and spiritual, to, to do great spiritual things on the earth. Now this pattern is what is supposed to happen, I had to learn later. It's the kingdom of heaven manifesting and demonstrating itself in its power on earth so people will see and it also is a warfare against the other guys who got kicked out who also have power so I was entering in just to help people major stuff so this class ancient work tells you about the things that I had to do I ain't even got to helping people yet much praying for them I had to learn I had some ancient work to do. I had a deep relationship I had to get. I had a lot of training that I needed to do. A lot of beliefs had to change. My teachers had to change. I had to submit. I had to do things differently. All just to help people the Lord's way. So I hope you enjoyed this basic class of my journey. Most of you will do the same work. You will travel the same road. Your place before us in the Word is this role model we are to grow up into and develop. 
the relationship of Christ Jesus and his Father. And if you, until you get there, and your belief gets to that powerful, powerful belief, and you are one in spirit, fully immersed, you cannot do the greater spiritual work. I'm not even sure what in the world that was yet. I'm just getting to the very basic, the ancient work. Do my work. Believe on him who he sent. So enjoy. I'm going to try to do another one this morning. The house is quiet. I got a few hours, so I'll try. This one is basic, ancient work. Enjoy. Keep growing and learning. Helping people the Lord's way. Love. Bye-bye.